it is finally here the final game of the 2023 season the super bowl this sunday chiefs niners not the super bowl we all wanted but super bowl we got and we'll see what happens i'm just hoping for a good game what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of booth review as always i'm your host devin from Roast, joined by that sultan of spice and resident chiefs fan mr peter strauss what's going on man i was gonna say it's half the super bowl that i wanted yeah half of it <laughs> according to my preseason will... prediction it's half of what i wanted too <laughs> oh yeah you did pick what san francisco and buffalo probably you uh because that's the popular choice uh my my super bowl preseason prediction worked out incredibly well it was pretty much shot uh about four snaps into the season i had the jets oh right, right over right, the 49ers yeah. Once Rodgers and Achilles snapped, it was over with. There was no shot. That's right, because it was a uh, it was a homer pick for you. That's yeah, right. yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I will, I will say my Super Bowl prediction. I did say it was going to be a Super Bowl rematch. I just thought it was going to be a different Super Bowl rematch because I had Philly yeah. on the NFC side and making it back. Um, and I know we're going to get into all of our successes and mistakes from mistakes. You know. <laughs> most mostly mistakes from earlier in the season but that that that's a win for me i uh you know i was pretty close on this on the super bowl matchup there um but close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades that's right that's right you got it yeah uh <laughs> you know if, if you've been paying attention to us all season you know that we are some downright idiots uh, that you probably shouldn't be listening to. Um, we appreciate it, but like, there's people way smarter than us talking about football. Hey, <laughs> hold on, no, it's useful information because they can just take what we say and then do the opposite. Do the opposite. That's, That's actually good advice. Yeah, but we're more fun than those other people who know what they're talking about. So we're better to listen to. Well, if you missed, if you missed out, last week was our first annual boothies uh that was us handing out some community uh community ranked awards um community voted upon awards uh and this week we're going to take a look back at all the stuff we got wrong throughout the preseason and and the little bit that we did get right but mostly what was wrong um (laughs) i guess we can start with like do you want to start with like our standings or our preseason award picks um standings won't take long so i guess we can do that because i don't have like my full uh division standings or anything like that but i do have my playoff standings and i don't know if i got even half the teams that were in the playoffs correct but a lot of it was due to injury to be fair and poor coaching and poor quarterback play (laughs) (laughs) i actually feel like i did pretty good on my standings picks somewhat yeah, I got uh, four teams correct in the NFC and three teams correct. So actually, fifty percent of the playoffs, the teams I got right. Well, I got three from the AFC. <laughs> you get? <laughs> I got three from the AFC, and let's see, one, two, three, four. 
five. Five from the NFC. So eight out of oh. 14. Just better than that, than 500. All right. Well, it's not a competition, okay? <laughs> we don't ever do competitions on this podcast. Uh, my, my, my biggest problem with my preseason picks is that I kind of went all in on the New York Jets. I bought into that New York Jets yeah. stock real hard. Uh, and it came back to bite me. That is for sure. Uh, I thought the Jets would, would they wouldn't win the East, but they would get a wild card at the very least. Uh, I had them going 14-3 and three and eventually make it to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. Um, but as we all know, that did not happen. Um, I did correctly get the Bills winning the division. Uh, as far as the AFC yep. North goes, way off. Had the Ravens missing, had the Browns missing, did have the Steelers getting a wild card though, so I feel feel good about that. I can't I can't believe you didn't believe in this Ravens team. I mean, the only reason I didn't have uh, the Ravens winning the division was because Cincy with a healthy Joe Burrow is also like a really good team, or right. supposed to be. Right, yeah. But I still had him in the playoffs. Having them miss the playoffs is disrespectful. And I still had him at the five seed. They were supposed to have a really good record still since he was just supposed to be like one game better or have the tiebreaker. Well, so I had AFC going or AFC. I had Baltimore going ten and seven. And in a stacked AFC, I thought that ten and seven would just barely miss out from a wild card. So that was like I didn't have them being bad. I just had them being Way more mediocre than they than they were, obviously. Um, so, yeah, only one team got in below that record, right? That was the Texans. They were nine and eight. Everybody else was ten and seven or above. Right. Yeah. 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 I in fact, um, yeah, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh was the only no Houston was ten and seven as well. So Houston was ten and seven. They won the division, oh, okay. and then Pittsburgh was ten and seven and won a wild card, which I had them going twelve and five. So I wasn't too far off on them. Yeah, um, I still thought the Steelers were going to have a positive record, which they did, because that's right. just what Mike Tomlin does. But, yep. um, yeah, in the AFC, I had Cincy winning the division, but Ravens with the wild card. But obviously, Joe Burrow injured the whole year, essentially. Buffalo, I did have winning the division, but I did have the Jets in a wild card. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had Jacksonville winning the AFC South, which they crumbled at the end of the season. Yeah. And I had the Chargers snagging the seventh seed, but they were just a mess. Um, yeah, I also... Kansas City, you know, before the year I put as the one seed, which they weren't quite there, but, you know, still winning the West, still getting the Super Bowl, so. Also had the Chiefs uh, winning the West and the Chargers sneaking into a wildcard spot. Um, but, you know, Chargers charged down the stretch for sure. Um Good news is they got rid of Staley, so it it all works out in the end. Yeah, and huge improvement with Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I think so. Yeah, coming in for that team, it's crazy how the AFC West coaches are now Andy Reid, Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, and then <laughs> Antonio Pierce. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, in the corner. <laughs> I will say, like, so as far as the AFC South goes, I had the Jags winning that division. But I had the Texans at eight and nine, so I was a believer in the Texans going into the season. And I thought, I think I even said this in in our preview episode that if the Texans, if everything goes right for them, they could make it in as a wild card. Um, 
But if things don't quite go perfect, then they could easily finish at a four win or a five win type team. And you know, I was two I was two wins off. They finished at ten and seven. I had them finishing at eight and nine. Um and they played lights out. I mean they they look fantastic. Hopefully can carry that momentum into year two with CJ. Yeah. Um as long as they don't which I mean they they're a young team, a young coaching staff, so hopefully not too many pieces are because we saw what happened with uh you know Jacksonville losing coordinators, I think hurt Trevor Lawrence. Um obviously I mean they still made it to the Super Bowl, but the Chiefs offense this year without Eric Bieniemy was not the same offense. Um and obviously yeah. the Eagles as well losing both their coordinators and both sides of the ball, especially at the end of the season were very subpar. So as well, long as they can keep most of the pieces that they have, um, I think they'll be great. And it's now I think it's their division to lose all of a sudden, even though I think Indy is Indy is right there when they get Anthony Richard Richardson back. Yeah, I mean, especially with what you saw with uh Shane Steichen doing with that that team with Gardner yeah, Minshew as a quarterback. Minshew. Like yeah, I mean they they've they're they're gonna be solid. Um and hey, speaking of Eric Bieniemy, if the if the Chiefs want him back, they can go get him because he's he got fired from Washington. Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what the NFL is thinking. They're not. Um, That's the thing. They're not. <laughs> I just I don't know if Eric Bieniemy wants like anything below being a coordinator because I don't necessarily think Andy Reid lights Mac Nagy too much for some reason. So I don't think he's just going to fire Matt Nagy to give Eric Bieniemy a spot back. And I don't think Eric Bieniemy wants to be like a quarterback coach or a tight end right. coach or whatever. Well, he um, I heard, I heard that he may be going to University of Colorado to join Ooh. Coach Prime over there. That'd be fun. So, I just yeah, I, he could do with the talent on that team. He could do some wonders over there. I just can't believe that they that they went out and got Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator to replace Bieniemy like that. Makes no sense. Eric Bieniemy made Sam Howell like the leading passer in the league for right. over half the season. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, I don't. It's a very disrespect. It's a very dumb move, in, in my opinion. But what do I know? I get paid absolutely nothing. So, uh, as far as the NFC goes, I was a lot closer on the NFC. Um, I had the Cowboys and Eagles both coming out of the East. I think everybody did. Um, I did have the Eagles winning the division, but I had the Cowboys just a game behind, and obviously that was a race all the way down to the end. So I don't feel bad about about that. Um, out of the North, I had both the Lions and the Packers. I had faith in my Packers. Uh, the the Packers got in at at nine and eight. I had them going eleven and six. All those games were definitely winnable. They lost a lot of games by four points or less, so I don't feel bad about that at all. Uh, the South, I did pick the Falcons. Had a lot of faith in the Falcons. Had zero faith in the Bucks. Obviously, big whiff on that one. Um, and out West, it was the Niners' division to lose. That was easy. Um, the only difference is I, I did have the Seahawks getting in over the Rams and... Uh, I had no faith in the Rams. I had the Rams going two and fifteen, and they put up a fight against the Lions in yeah. that divisional round. So, yeah, yeah, um, some similarities. Although uh, NFC North team and NFC South team swapped out, but I did have 
Philly at the one seed, thinking that they were going to repeat that. Obviously, again, also crumbling at the end of the season. I had San Francisco coming out of the West at the two. The Lions, I got perfect. Winning the North, three seed, perfect spot. Um, And I had New Orleans winning the NFC South, which, again, that was anybody's game. I don't feel bad about that. Yeah. The the wild cards, I did have uh, Dallas, Minnesota, who had a hurt quarterback, so... You know, not much could have been done there. And Seattle, I thought they were going to be able to make it back to the playoffs. But just losing it at the end of Green Bay is what it is. What what record did you have for the Lions? I don't remember. It was either like 11 and 6 or uh, 12 and 5. Like it was like I expected them to have a great season. Yeah, I had them at 12 and 5 and 3 seeds. So I nailed that one. We both. We both absolutely know that one. But, yeah. I mean, we're also, listen, might as well be a Lions pod at this point. We're both huge Lions, <laughs> Lions fans. So, um, yeah, I think I, all in all, like, I'm not too disappointed or embarrassed by my standings predictions. Um, just because I think there's a lot of things that I did get pretty right. Um, or, or pretty close. And then there was a couple of like, like the Jaguars losing the South is like, that's nobody thought that going into the season. So I don't feel bad. Yeah. And, and then as far as the Jets go, like nobody could predict that Rogers would tear his Achilles four snaps into the, in the week one. So I don't feel bad yeah. about my Jets pick either. I do think I bought in way too much to them, but I don't feel bad about picking them. The Falcons won. I might be a little slightly embarrassed by that, but I don't. I don't know the NFC South. I mean, neither of us expected the Bucks to be the team to come out of that division. Right. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people did. I think a lot of people were either riding on New Orleans not playing a lot of good teams, or uh, the Falcons just handing the ball off to Bijan. Nobody expected them to like. Obviously, he ignored Kyle Pitts. I don't think anyone expected him to also ignore Bijan. Yeah, for most of the season. Yeah, I, I literally in in my notes I have them pulled up, and I have key draft picks under the Falcons. I have Bijan Robinson, running back, should be a huge playmaker and make for a dynamic duo with second year back Tyler Algier. Did not happen. Did not. Yeah, happen. and I I know he's a finalist for offensive rookie of the year, but I think should Sean, not get other, it. Any other team that that would have been his or. I mean, it's hard when you have a quarterback that's playing well because a lot of these awards are typically quarterback awards. But true. Um, but even like, I don't even consider him the best skill player for a rookie out of this. Like, as far as stats go, no. Like, he wouldn't be the he wouldn't be the best non quarterback to get the award this year. No, listen, like I I I don't even think he should be a finalist. I think I think what we had last week with the Boothies, the three finalists that we had were the three that it should be for offensive rookie of the year. And that was, was it uh, Stroud flowers and Laporta. No, it was, it was Stroud Nakua, Puka Nakua. Oh, Nakua. Yeah. And, I always forget about And Laporta. And, and you, I you, did. you could put Zayn over Laporta. I'd be okay with that too. So Bijan yeah. at, 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 at best is fifth in rookies. Well, that's why he's nominated because there's, there's five nominees. Like I said, at best, 
And I could probably find Who, I could probably find another one that's better than him. Who's who's the other finalist? Um, who's the fifth one? Let's it's see. not because uh, Rashi Rice had a heck of a year with the Chiefs, but I don't know if he quite made it there. Uh, I, I can tell you. Uh, I'm just trying to think through all the teams now, all the rookies. who. All right, so the, the nominees are Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, Puka Nakua, oh, yeah. Bijan Robinson, and CJ Stroud. And I think Zay Flowers should be there instead of Bijan. Yeah, Gibbs Gibbs was the best rookie running back this year. Yep. Stats like stats wise. Yep, for sure. Bijan might sure. be more athletic and a better playmaker, but we didn't get to see that this year. So Yeah. Well, speaking of Bijan, we can go over to uh, go over to our preseason awards because this is where it gets real embarrassing. This is this is rough. <laughs> Which, you know, it, it it's it's just par for the course at this point. Like this is what I do every year. I just throw stuff randomly at the wall and nothing sticks. So, uh, yeah, I nothing I, can nothing can be worse than my MVP pick this year, though. I don't know. Mine got injured like eight weeks into the season. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine mine played the whole season. He just played bad. <laughs> Oh, my <laughs> offensive rookie of the year was Bijan Robinson. I think I, just like a lot of people, had very high hopes for him uh, going to the Falcons, going to a, a run-heavy offense, uh, at least based off of last year with, with Algier and um, Cordell Patterson, going to a, a, an Arthur Smith offense, which you know we saw what he did with Derrick Henry in Tennessee, I just expected a huge year for Bijan, and that was just not the case. So, yeah. very, very big miss there. Um, my other big misses, Offensive Player of the Year, Austin Eckler, who was an absolute no-show for the Chargers. I don't even think he was an offensive player for the Los Angeles Chargers. At least, you know, based off his stats, he he barely was even out there, it seemed like. Um, my MVP was... A quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals who got injured halfway through the season in Joe Burrow. Uh, also started off the season looking like like poop. Um, couldn't do anything for like the first four weeks and then finally got it going. And just as you thought the Bengals might be making a might be making a push, he goes down, gets injured. So that was that's a rough pick. Um The rest of it I don't feel bad about. Defensive player, TJ Watt, I feel like that's always a safe bet. Um, I don't think that's who it should be this year, um, but definitely a safe bet. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Will Anderson. Um, I, I I think at this point it's pretty much between him and Jalen Carter as to who will get it. Um, comeback player, Demar Hamlin, which we both had. We we said that as long as he plays a snap, he should get it, which you know we kind of went back on with our boothies and gave it to Joe Flacco. Um, oh no, no, we didn't give it to Joe Flacco. We gave it to Baker. Baker was the booty winner, wasn't he? Baker got most improved. I don't remember. Man, uh, it was a week ago. I should know this. You're the, you're the one with the notes, man. I didn't show up. <laughs> it was either Baker or Flacco, and let's see, let's see who it was. It was Flacco. Flacco got comeback player of the year. Uh, yeah. 
which Flacco, Flacco got come back and which he came back off the couch, which is you know just this, right. I don't know if you've ever tried to get off of a couch, but it it feels like coming back to life. I mean, listen, the older I get, the harder it gets. So <laughs> my couch is too like you sat on my couch. My couch is yeah. so like we we call you it sink into it, it's man. Like, yeah, you just yeah. get in there and you, you can't get out. I did. I did. I mean, I feel like I nailed Coach of the Year. I did pick D'Amico Ryan's, and I feel like Stefanski's gonna win it. I hope he doesn't, and I hope it is D'Amico Ryan's. But we'll see. I I feel like I absolutely nailed that pick for sure. I, I mean, they like to give it to rookie coaches, so I would be shocked if D'Amico doesn't win it. But fingers it crossed, may also man. be like. It may also be like, a, well, we can't give all the awards to Houston. So they're going to have to compromise somewhere. You can, and you should. <laughs> all of um, them. Was, it, was that all your awards? Um, yeah, I think I ran through all of them. Okay. Are we doing biggest busts first? Because I have the biggest bust at MVP, I think. Yeah, go for it. Uh, my MVP... And I, this is similar to your Baker Mayfield pick a couple years ago, where like he had a really good season, <laughs> got their team an incredible playoff win, and the next year just completely pulls a 180 and looks like the worst quarterback ever. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is uh, was my MVP pick. Funny enough, I wrote down Trevor Lawrence or Lamar, but in the end, I went with Trevor Lawrence. And if I had gone Lamar, if I had gone Lamar, I'd have a pretty good shot of having it right. <laughs> Um, it'd be wrong, but you know you'd at least be right. Yeah, it's not it's not who should win it. I would be technically correct, which yes. is the best kind of correct. Yes. Um, offensive player of the year also a pretty big bust because normally I don't pick quarterbacks, but I really thought Fields was. And again, second half of the season he looked like who we wanted him to be. He got one injured. Half the season's not enough. And he was injured for half the year as well, but um, yeah, Fields was still didn't quite put up the production I think to win any kind of award. Um, I defensive player of the year I can't actually remember. I wrote down T.J. Watt or Micah Parsons, which Micah Parsons didn't have the best year, but I feel like we just agreed that it should be T.J. Watt probably, and that was like the only award because I was trying not to pick the same people as you, but like. My heart wanted to go TJ Watt. Yeah. Um, defensive rookie of the year. I don't know if you fact-checked it or not. I think I picked Jalen Carter because you didn't, but I also wrote down Jack Campbell from the Lions, who had a good season, but I don't think was the best defensive rookie on his own team. Uh, Branch from the Lions was also super good. Yeah. But I don't feel I don't necessarily feel bad about either of those picks. Uh, comeback player of the year, I also picked Demar Hamlin because, uh, like, that's the obvious answer. Coach of the year, I picked Mike McDaniel, which I don't feel horrible about, but also, again, kind of choked at the end of the season, so kind of not the best pick. Yeah. Offensive rookie of the year, I went Zay Flowers, who I agree with you, I think got snubbed from the uh, finalists. I don't think he should win it. But I do think he should have been a nominee. And he did everything for the Ravens I thought he was going to do. He was going to come out on a team. Lamar needed a young target that could take a heavy workload, and he did. And uh, 
that team wouldn't have been in the position they were in without Zay Flowers. But yeah, I I mean, again, as I mentioned earlier, like he should have gotten the nomination over um Bijan, or I guess finalist over yeah. Bijan because I think he had a much better a much better season all around. Yeah. Much more important season too. But it is what it is. Only only two of my picks I feel like really like you about which were offensive player and MVP. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, fair. But yeah, we'll see if I've cursed Trevor Lawrence as you cursed. Maybe that's why Baker played good this year. Maybe I moved the curse to Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that that <laughs> listen, that Baker Mayfield for MVP pick is gonna haunt me for as long as this podcast exists. <laughs> <laughs> This I mean this one's not much better though. I think I I think I followed it up the second year with I think I had Justin Herbert last year, which wasn't terrible, but like I don't know. I I don't I don't I literally I haven't hated any of my MVP picks. But it just happens the way that you know stuff stuff just doesn't work out. That's all it is. But hey, at least we probably both got comeback player of the year, right? <laughs> and probably defensive player of the year. I don't know if it'll go to TJ or if it'll go to uh, Bland. But well, what was your um, what was your Super Bowl prediction? My Super Bowl prediction, as I said at the beginning of the episode, was a Super Bowl rematch, which is happening. Just not the Super Bowl rematch I was expecting. I was expecting a, a Philly Kansas City uh, rematch, mm. and for that's right, which Philly uh, just fell apart at the end of the season, and San Francisco stepped in. Yeah, and even though it's not a matchup people wanted, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think this is going to be, I think it's going to be a, a great game of football. It's just a shame that people aren't excited for it. Yeah, I, I'm hopeful that, that it's a good game. Um, yeah, my Super Bowl prediction was Jets over the Niners, which the Jets was a terrible pick. Um, I think I want to say I had Jets Chiefs in the AFC Championship, but obviously I can't confirm that. Um, maybe that's just me trying to sound smart. <laughs> um, but I did pick the Niners. Uh I got one half of it right. You got the other half right. So, between the two of us, nailed the Super Bowl prediction. Yeah, yeah, we got it. <laughs> Easy. Well, hey man, there's only one game. At least left. my NFC. At least my NFC team was in the playoffs. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there's only uh, only one game left. And for the last time of the 2023 season, I say it's time we get picky with it. Getting picky with it. Getting picky with it. Getting picky with it. Getting picky with it. Super Bowl 58 this Sunday, 
February 11, 6.30 p.m. over on CBS. We got Nance and Romo on the call. The 12-5 and 5 San Francisco 49ers, the one seed from the NFC. Facing off against the 11-6 Kansas City Chiefs. The three seed? Am I correct in that? Three seed. The three, three seed, seed Kansas City Chiefs. from the AFC. Technically, the Chiefs are the home team somehow. I don't know how that's even determined. I feel like I should know, but I don't know. Uh, San I Francisco. I think it just... I think it just swaps every year because KC was away against Philadelphia last year, I you, think. You might be right about that. San Francisco currently one and a half point favorites. I feel like they opened at two and a half. Um, and it's been bet down to just one and a half point favorites. Uh I don't I, I mean, that's probably fair. I, I think this game is is kind of a giant crapshoot, anyways. Who knows what's gonna happen? Um I think the 49ers are incredibly talented. I think that they're definitely the right team from the NFC. Um, I think the Chiefs, I feel like I, I bet against them in every single round that they played in the playoffs. Uh, and a lot of that, I feel like, is due to the fact that I don't want another dynasty. We just got rid of the Patriots dynasty. I don't want another one. But I do love Andy Reid. And I do love Patrick Mahomes, and I think they've got some great playmakers on that team, especially some young dudes on the defensive side between uh, uh, McDuffie and and Karloftis and Snead. Like some solid, solid playmakers that are gonna give fits to that offense from the Niners with Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Like they're gonna have their hands full with that defense, um, but. Stan's Fran's defense is just as good, and that front seven is going to be coming after Patrick Mahomes. You best believe that. So, man, it's a toss-up. It can go either way. Oh, I'm going to pick the Niners because it's just tradition at this point for every single playoff round. I've got to vote against. I've got to go against the Chiefs, and it makes for a more fun podcast if we disagree. So give me the San Francisco 49ers, to get it done. I already know who you got, but who you got, man? Uh, this is the this is the village and origin story of the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, they've been talking about it all week at the press conferences. Um, the opening event, I didn't realize that that was mostly just open to, like, season ticket holders. So, obviously, San Francisco is a lot closer to Las Vegas than Kansas City is. So there were a lot of Niners fans in Allegiant Stadium, and anytime any yeah. Chiefs player talked, it was it was all booze, and they were loving it. Travis Kelsey said he likes the booze more than he likes the cheers. I believe him. Um, it's it is. Uh, I could see it being you know if you're like neutral in this matchup, it being a tough thing because San Francisco's yeah. got. The dream team, right? They have every piece they could possibly need to win a Super Bowl. They're great everywhere. MVP candidates, all pros everywhere. Like, it doesn't seem like anybody should be able to stop them. But on the other side, you have a sneakily, like, 
I don't know if it's even sneakily at this point, but it seems like the entire offseason people are like, oh, well, this is the team Kansas City's defense is going to crumble to. Never happened. Never happened once. This defense yeah. has not allowed more than, I think, I think the highest score they let up was either like 26 or 28. So no team scored 30 on them. No team has scored more than seven points on them in the second half. Mm. Any game, all season. Um, so you got that defense with the greatest quarterback currently in the league, one of the greatest head coaches of all time, and one of the greatest tight ends of all time. So yeah. does it balance out? Two more, two more stats real quick that I've been thinking about going into this game is uh, Patrick Mahomes, even though it's a dynasty and everybody's scared of them, the ultimate underdog. 10, 1, and 1 against the spread as an underdog is Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't get the underdog very often, but when he does, he wins 98% of the time. True. Also, Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs has not turned the ball over since overtime of the AFC Championship game against Cincy, the one that they lost two years ago. Wow. So they've had two full Super Bowl runs without a turnover from Patrick Mahomes. That's crazy. It's just it's just different. They I don't know even with their regular season ro- woes in the playoffs like this team just goes to another level. Yeah. And San Francisco has a great team. I just don't know if they can meet it. So obviously I'm going with my Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, to bring us home another one. Keep it going. <laughs> Listen, I mean it's it's not a bad pick. Like I can't I can't really argue with any of that. Um, I just I feel like if if there's going to be a team that can like dismantle this this Chiefs team. I feel like it is the Niners, um, just because like the Niners are are they're loaded, they're stacked in every position. Um, it's it's like you said, it's it is a dream team. It's very similar to to that that uh, that Bucks team um, from three years ago that beat them yeah. um, with with, yeah. with Brady, where that was literally, I mean, that was that was a twenty tens All Star team. When you look at, at the names that were on there between um uh Yeah, Tom Brady, you had Gronk, Gronk you had A B. A B um, um on the defensive Mike Evans, side. Chris Godwin are stars on their own. Yeah, even on the defensive side, you had guys like Indomitian Sue come down and, and join them. Um Jason Pierre Paul out there. Like like these are these are like decade all stars. Um and so it's uh it's it's one of those things that like it's it's not the guys on this Niners team don't have like that legacy that those like veterans did in in Tampa but they're like they're equally as good and talented so it is very much like an all-star pro bowl type team that you're playing um I think almost any position you you, you could plug those guys in at, as a pro bowler uh, between George Kittle Debo Samuel 
you know, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, uh, anybody on the offensive line, uh, anybody on the defense, like they're all, it's, it's stacked. And so, and that's what it's going to take to take down a Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid led team. Like that's what it's going to take. Um, but I, I brought this up cause I, so I was in Athens with, uh, with Blake yesterday and I, I proposed this question to him. I said, if, if the Chiefs win this, which I think we all pretty much agree that if the Chiefs win this Super Bowl, this will be their most impressive um, because the offense isn't as good as it, as it's been in years past. Um, and it's really this the first time that Mahomes will have had a defense that he kind of, it sounds bad to say rode the back of, but like the defense is what was helped carry that team um, when they've had their offensive woes. So this will be their most impressive. If they get it done, where does Andy Reid rank in all-time coaches? Because he will have made the Super Bowl with two different franchises, and this will be his third third win in Kansas City. So, where does he rank all-time? It depends on your definition of success, really, because you also think about how many conference games he's been to between the Eagles right. and yeah. the Chiefs. I mean he went a lot. What, he went to he went to five with the Eagles, right? Because he did five in a row for both teams. And this is his sixth in a row. Something like with, that. Yeah. Uh, with the Chiefs. So he's been to at least eleven conference championship games. Yeah. Which is insane of itself. So that also also means obviously a lot of regular season success. Um I'm not sure what his total win-loss ratio is, but I imagine it's pretty high. But then you also look at, you know, Belichick has six rings. So, um, and I think, is it Don Shula still the, like, has the most wins as a head coach all time? Probably. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull up his overall. All right. So his overall record in the regular season is 258 144 and 1 in the postseason he is 25 and 16 yes yeah and i mean if coming into this year he was like i mean i think he was already top 3 all time coming into this year with just he doesn't stop going to conference championships. It seems like I will. I'll. I'll tell you this: the his regular season, his regular season record is virtually the same as Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's regular season record is uh, six forty seven win percentage, and Andy Reid's is six forty one win percentage. So it's virtually the same. Um, Belichick does have him in the postseason. Um, Belichick's is thirty-one and thirteen. Andy Reid is twenty-five and sixteen. Which, if he wins on Sunday, be twenty-six and sixteen. I just—it's the other tough thing is: do we knock Belichick for not having success without Tom Brady? Because I do. Obviously, Andy Reid didn't win. Andy Reid didn't win a Super Bowl till he had Mahomes, but he still still got like, there made the playoffs made the playoffs and got the conference championships with uh you know other quarterbacks other teams who aren't that kind of generational talent like Donovan McNabb is a very good player but I wouldn't call him like he 
I don't think he was the best quarterback in football at the time that he played. No, but he was definitely he was definitely like solid top ten um, for most of the yeah. time that, that that Reed was there. Occasionally up there, close to the top five. Like he was a very good quarterback, um, very good quarterback. But he wasn't Patrick Mahomes. Patrick yeah. Mahomes is the best to ever do it. Um. Yeah, it's to, just to hard. Me, like when you, everyone's gonna throw. Oh well, Belichick has six rings. Like that's that's the hard sure. part to like put him past Belichick. Sure, but as I mentioned again to Blake yesterday, uh, one of those rings he wouldn't have if Russell Wilson had just handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch. One of those rings he wouldn't have if the Falcons knew how to play with a lead. Um, like that's those, that's two, those, those are two wins that should have been losses. Um, and I don't know if, in my opinion, there's not much coaching that got those two wins. Um, Seattle should have absolutely beat. New England in, in that Super Bowl. They just made the wrong, I mean, they made the wrong choice, and the Patriots got lucky. Um, against the Falcons, they definitely made their adjustments. They definitely stepped up and did what they had to do, so there is some coaching involved in that. I'll give them that, but there's still a lot of luck. <laughs> a lot's got to go your way. Um, I don't know. To me, to me, what it is is the fact that Andy Reid has done it with two different franchises. He's been successful. Yeah. Granted, he never he never got the Super Bowl win with the Eagles, but he got there, and he was always in the mix. That team was always a a um always a playoff contender. Every like the entire time he was there, when he went to Kansas City, he didn't have Patrick Mahomes from the start. He had to get it done with uh, with Alex Smith, and he was getting it done with Alex Smith. Like they still were playoff contenders, they still were were, were making the postseason with Alex Smith. So you look at what um, what Belichick's done before Brady, which was not much, and then since Brady, equally not much. I mean, he made it to the playoffs yeah, one made, time with Mac, the- Jones, with Mac Jones, with Mac Jones. So. I just think that so much of Belichick's legacy is tied to Tom Brady, whereas Andy Reid's, yes, a lot of it is tied to Patrick Mahomes, but he's also, like, he's made a name for himself outside of Mahomes. He was already, like, one of the best coaches before he got Mahomes. And Mahomes just pushed that legacy even further up. Yeah, I think he can give a slight nod, and maybe this is the the Chiefs fan of me too, but I think he can give a slight nod to... To Andy Reid over Belichick, I, I wouldn't say by much, but I mean it is it is tough to go against a guy that has six Super Bowl rings. So I get yeah. it. Yeah, well, I mean, Don, a lot of people still consider Don Shula just because he has the most wins. Sure. Yeah, but he the, also coached for a very long time. The other question is where where is Travis Kelsey in the rank of tight ends? He's number one. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not questioning that one. The most postseason receptions in yeah. history, like all of Jerry Rice's unbreakable records, and a tight end broke one. 
Yeah. It's Travis Kelsey. And and a lot of people, like, I understand the argument for, I mean, Tony Gonzalez was great too. I understand the argument for Gronk. Travis can't necessarily do a lot of things that Gronk did. Right. But a lot of things that Gronk did shortened his career. Like, he stopped playing and only came back to because Tom Brady begged him to. True. Um, and I mean, you can argue the rings, you know, with that one too, because I think Gronk was a part of, did he get four of those six that they, or I think he has four total. Um, three in New England and one in. I think you're right. I think so. It's, it's either three or four. Yeah. Yeah, but for Travis Kelsey as a tight end to catch Jerry Rice record wise is is insane, and yeah. that's just that's that's it for me. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end to ever play football. I feel is, like is he? <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. It's not like he's a bad blocker either. Like I know tight ends, like he gets a lot of flack for that, but he's. He just doesn't block a lot because he's so useful in the passing game, but he's still a good blocker. And he's one of the, I, he's probably the smartest tight end to ever play football. His yeah. football IQ is, is one of the best in the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I agree with you. I, the only, the only other name that I would, I would venture to put up there is Antonio Gates, who was, just so good for so long yeah. out out in San Diego. Um but even then, I don't know, man. I mean, I it's if I had to like make a Mount Rushmore, it probably would be like Kelsey, Gronk, Gonzalez, and Gates. Um and of those four, I think I think I'd go with Kelsey as the best. It's it's tough, but I think I, I think I'm with you. I just, to me, like, all four of those guys were, they're all extremely talented. They've all gotten a lot done. Gronk and Kelsey have, like, more of the hardware, I guess, to back it up. But Kelsey is a tight end. Breaking a Jerry Rice record, postseason record, is just bananas. Hey, ain't none of them landed Taylor Swift either. So. That's, yeah, also true. Bonus points. We're off the field. About to be the highest, the highest paid <laughs> tight end when he starts getting half of her stuff. Well, hey, I'm just I'm I'm hopeful for a good game on Sunday. Um, I think I think it will be good. I think it will be back and forth. I think it will be close. Um, the one thing that I'm worried about is. For as much faith as I have in Brock Purdy and as much talk as I've had about him being a legit MVP contender, I do wonder if if he'll be overwhelmed playing that defense. That's the only thing that and and if that's the yeah, case I think if that's the case, I think the Chiefs win it pretty pretty easily. Yeah, the 49ers uh will need to learn from the Ravens and rely on the run game a little more if they if they want to stay in if you want to like and it's nothing against Brock Purdy I think Brock Purdy is great um but just that pass defense yeah. uh is Jerry Steed, Trent McDuffie Justin Reed like those guys just a shut lot. it down and it's he gives time and Car- 
Carr Laftis this postseason has been incredible too, getting to the quarterback um in place of uh Frank Clark for us this year, which has been yeah. super, super nice and super helpful. Um yeah. now that dual side of Carl Loftus and Jones, if it takes too long for the ball to get out, they're gonna get you. Well, hey, we will we'll see what happens. Um as always. We appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us. Uh, I think we've got a good one on our hands for Super Bowl 58 uh, out in Vegas. Thank you for tuning in and listening. We appreciate you guys. We love you. Uh, We've got socials. If you want to go follow those, hop into the Discord. Come talk some football. Come discuss the Super Bowl as it's happening with us. Um, And we'll be back next week for the last episode of the season, I guess. Um, just a very quick short one recapping Super Bowl, giving our thoughts and and, and all that good stuff and giving a, li- a little little tiny preview of our predictions for next season uh, you know, like seven months early uh, but <laughs> we appreciate you, we love you we'll see you next week I believe that is that good ciao